0: Hello, I'm Sumit Bose. It's the Net Hero podcast. And today there'll be a bit of weird, wacky science, but I think brilliant science, a bit like uh, Star Trek science, but uh, I'll talk about the subject of the podcast a little later. So we're into January. Uh, thanks very much. For those of you who downloaded last week's episode uh, about standards, it's there. So make sure you uh, have a listen because it was a really good chat with uh, Sebastian Van Dorp from the, the BSI. And obviously, we've got a lot of big suggestions about what to do about the energy space right now. Uh, At the time of recording this, Labour have come up with a plan for taxes and windfall taxes and doing things in the North Sea and cutting VAT. and the government's having crisis talks this week. All of this is um, obviously important, um, but we're a long way away from kind of meaningful change on that front. What we've got to do really is look at how much energy we are wasting. It's going to be a really big thing as we move forward, because inevitably the cost of things is going to go up. We're going to have to invest on net zero future. So we'll all be paying more. But are we paying more simply because we're having to build lots of infrastructure and generation? Partly, I think we're paying more because frankly, lots of us, and I include myself, Living very inefficient lives whether that be our houses whether it be our cars whatever it is we're wasting so much energy and this is going to be something that i think we have to look at this year because it's going to be a very important part of where we go and in terms of energy that's the little thing that we're, we're looking at in today's episode because as we transition to net zero One of the things that's going to happen is we're going to have more and more batteries. In fact, they're everywhere already, from electric cars to battery storage to batteries that we used in every kind of device that you can think of in the future. You know, your phones, your computers, how much lifestyle do they have on them? How long do they last? i saw a funny story about nokia's relaunched the old brick phone the 66 something that i remember having in the early 2000s and it's got loads of battery life because it really does very little but obviously that's not the world we live in so batteries are going to become very very important and one of the things that's going to be a real interesting um product of a net zero future is how you check the health of your battery think about it right now uh if you're driving a normal petrol car you know someone can have a look at the engine they can have a you can have a look at the the oil uh, you take it to the garage they'll say oh mate the carburetor's not right or this is not right battery doesn't have anything it's just a battery how can you tell if it's on its way out you now you have your little aa batteries uh, at home and you can squeeze the top and the bottom and it gives you a little kind of readout well how can you do that with a massive battery in an electric car and a huge storage well that's some of the things that have led a scientist uh, in Sussex and his team to look at a way of scanning batteries. Professor Peter Kruger is Head of Research uh, at Experimental Physics uh, for the University of Sussex, and he's been working on a way of using quantum physics, it sounds brilliant, to create a scanner, a camera as such, to look at the health of batteries. So I had a conversation with him all about this, and it is really fascinating stuff. Listen carefully. It does take a bit of listening too, but I think it's a real cracking invention and which will be very, very useful in the world of batteries that will increase in our net zero future. Professor Kruger, it sounds incredible. Sounds a bit Star Trekky. what you've come up with here. I have always been a big fan of, Star Trek with the bit where uh, Bones always scans people's bodies by just putting a little tricorder over them. You found a way of, is this true, scanning a battery, an EV battery to see how how much life it's got and it's got sort of quantum technology. It all sounds fantastical. Can you, can you uh, explain to an idiot like me how it all works? <laughs>
1: what i can say is that let's let's not worry about the quantum part for now and and just say we have something that can measure incredibly low very small tiny magnetic fields so maybe we should start with explaining what a magnetic field is we know that, that mm. we use it to to navigate we have a compass and the compass needle is magnetic and it follows something that is around the Earth that we can't see normally, but the compass needle can see it, which is a magnetic field that points from the South Pole to the North Pole or the other way around. It doesn't matter, but the the needle will align itself with that field, and that helps us to know where North is and where South is and, and all the rest, and we can navigate. Now, that is a magnetic field that's already quite small, but we've developed sensors using something that is known as quantum physics, and I can explain in a bit. But even without knowing what it is, It's important to realize that it helps us to measure magnetic fields that are even a trillion times smaller than that that I just described from the Earth. And those magnetic fields tell us about something that happens, in this case, inside the the batteries. So when you charge or discharge a battery, so when you charge it or you use it, there will be some electric current that flows inside it. And... um, With these sensors, we can actually see inside the batteries where these currents flow and and how much is where and maybe something is going wrong somewhere. We can see that as well because we can see these very, very small magnetic fields. And that, that is the key to that technology. We don't need to touch the battery even. We don't need to even connect it to anything because even if it's not charging or being used, there's tiny movement of the electricity, of the electric currents and charges inside the battery. And we can pick that up because these sensors can see these incredibly small magnetic fields. So that's what it's all about.
0: So you're, you're a physicist, I assume,
1: yes? I am, yes.
0: Right, so your team at the University of Sussex, before we even get into the uses of this, which I, I, I can really see massive scale uses of this, why were you looking into this? Why were, Was this a, a sort of project just by one of your students, or was this something you've been looking at for a while at this kind of the way these magnetic fields work in batteries.
1: So the story is actually quite funny because we we were trying to and still are trying to do something that's even more crazy than seeing inside the batteries, which is to see inside the human body. So we 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 are actually looking into. <laughs> I was, I was earth right earth about
0: uh, my Star Trek. Sorry, then I was right about Star Trek at the beginning. That's incredible.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, we we like we of course we we um, we develop new technologies. It's all. In the lab, and we're trying to bring it out out of the lab. So we are allowed to dream and be a bit crazy, right? So we we like that. We <laughs> we we. Well, we I like at, that. Too. So, so so we were looking at measuring currents in brains, and now we can actually do that as well, and that's quite fascinating. So you can actually sort of see the activity inside in, inside a brain when someone you know, in the simplest case, just closes and opens their eyes. So when they see something and don't see something, the brain reacts differently, and and that we can see. But because this is so incredibly difficult and it's far away from real world applications where we can you know have this kind of device in a hospital or at the gp or or even at home we we were sort of looking for things that that have a more immediate impact right. we're working together with someone who wanted to actually change a small company that he had founded years ago and, and was a bit bored with only working in the finance sector. So he said, I want to do something with this wacky quantum physics and understand that. So he took a class in the University of Sussex and he we got in touch over that and he said, let's do something now that matters now. And I want to have a, a business, Might turn my business into using this technology. And we said, okay, let's look at something that is Actually, a big question of our society at the time today, and and what is the biggest question we we all worry about is really climate change. So where yeah. can we? How can we make an impact there? And well, that that guy who's become a friend now is you know had just bought his first electric vehicle, and so we said, oh, let's let's look into that. And if and he said, well, small current flow we can see. So current flows in batteries, right? So that's why we started to look into that, and we went to a few workshops. And in the meantime, we we've, we've talked to many people in, in academia, but also in industry and in battery companies and, and um, in the automotive industry. And obviously the name of the game today is to get away from the combustion engines yeah. that burn mm. petrol and diesel and to get to electric vehicles. But the, the scale of, of technology development that's needed there needs some new tools, needs new sensor systems and And better understanding what's happening in the batteries but also how to run them how to make sure they're safe and what to do with them when we don't use them in the car anymore because it's also a huge problem that if you if you have these massive scale up of of cars and 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 batteries that are used in the car you have to think of what to do when their life ends and yeah and all these in all these things it matters to have sensor technology and we thought okay we know how to build better sensors so let's use them there and so a few years ago we started to Look into that and do some research. And now we're working with all kinds of people that we hadn't worked with before. And and this company, I'm happy to say, it's just brought out its first product for this. So that's so a, a, a machine that they can sell, and someone can can put their battery inside the machine and and see how current flows inside it. That's quite that, cool, I think.
0: That that's brilliant. It's incredible. So you you're looking for something to do with the human body, and you end up looking inside a battery what just to, to for obviously this is radio so just can you describe to our listeners what what it is is it like a camera that you you you, you look at like through a lens and you see the see the image or uh, you said it's like you put it inside so is it a box you put the battery inside and then you scan it how does it how does it work if yeah. you could explain so it to us visually
1: i like the picture of of calling it a camera because that's precisely what it is it's it's a sensor is something that you Used to to measure how big, how loud, how how fast something is, but it just gives you a number. Here we're not doing that anymore. We're having a large collection of sensors, and that together then form an image. So it's it's fair to call it a magnetic camera. So it doesn't work with light. It doesn't work with lenses. It the, the thing it images are these otherwise invisible magnetic fields, and that that's uh-huh. that's kind of what this device looks like. So you can think of it maybe a little bit like an x-ray machine. So you put in something inside uh, and then it gives you uh-huh. a, a black box, right? And you you, you put your yeah. object that you want to see through inside and then it gives you an image. Except the difference here is that it's completely passive, non-invasive. So we don't actually send any kind of radiation or anything into the battery we just complete we just listen to it with this we have all these pictures of listening and and looking at it but really we, we have a map of the magnetic field that exists outside the battery that is there because there's a current flow inside it
0: is it the um, image we get would would if what i was seeing there with with you right now would i see something would you would i see a picture or would you just translate it into a kind of an image of a battery with like you know it's green or it's red depending on how much charge it's got
1: yeah, so we do that, right? We, we, we try to, we do what's called a false color image, which is what you're describing. So somewhere yeah. where there's a lot of current, we might use a computer to, to um, display it as red and somewhere where there's a very low current, we might display it as, as blue. But this is really just to, to make it easier for someone observing this to see immediately, aha, in this spot, there's too much current, something yeah. is going wrong. There's probably a fault in the battery at this particular position. So that's basically, what, what a, yeah. a commercial use would be like, right? Someone, yeah, someone tests their battery and sees, oh, this one is bad because yeah. there's this happening. In the in my hundred other ones it didn't happen, right?
0: Yeah, gotcha. So it's going to be pretty simple as for the end user to use. And then in terms of kind of what goes wrong, I mean, I, I said at the beginning, kind of like, you know, you, you think of a, a battery being like an AA battery and it's hard enough. Some of them have got those little buttons you press to give you a little thing that shows you if, if it's charged or not. Batteries will be. Well, they're not just going to be will be, they are our future because of energy storage, EVs, all of that. So in terms of the way this would work, um, do you envisage that basically you, you put it in and it'll tell you, is it the ability for you to see there's a part of the battery that's not working? Or would you say, actually, this whole battery is just not charging properly, so there's something wrong with it. You have to take it back or take it apart. How would it work? Would you be able to, for, for example, I'm trying to get this. Could you identify? Oh, there's a particular cell in the battery, or a particular part of it that just needs changing.
1: Yeah. So uh, both, right? So it it it'll be sometimes it just it's just going to be a signature of the battery that you see. It tells you this whole cell is bad. So we, maybe we should talk about what these electric vehicle batteries really look like. They don't. Yeah. The modern ones don't really look like aa cells anymore yeah. they're, they're yeah. more look like a a4 page of something so there there's a, maybe they're a few millimeters thick so there's more like a pile of of a4 pages but it's um it's flat mm-hmm. and it has a relatively large extent and then right. what you find in a car is not one of those but but hundreds right so the the individual battery cells are combined to modules and then many modules make what's called the the battery pack and is actually a significant part of a, of a car now. What we're thinking is that you can check on the individual battery cells and then probably, yes, you'll find there's a fault here, there's a fault over there, or the whole thing is bad. But really, you want to be able to then deselect that particular cell in a module and then maybe that particular module in the whole battery pack. So you're not going to try to repair an individual battery cell of which you have 100 in the car. I think that's not practically useful. But on the other hand, if you think of need for us to still develop all kinds of new electrochemistry and geometries of batteries. So what shape should they have? What should the materials be that are used inside? And there are all kinds of different things. There are the electrodes. There's an electrolyte, which is a liquid that is between the electrodes. And all these things are... It's not you know, lithium battery lithium ion batteries were a big boost to the whole industry, of course, and made all this possible that we're doing now. But but it's still not the end of the story. We still need to do a lot of new research and development. And in that process, where people are trying new things, I think it's very relevant to see this battery when it was charged for the hundredth time, already developed a fault, whereas the other one, the, the new one that I'm trying, where it did something ever so slightly differently has you know, it lasts a thousand cycles before the first mm-hmm. faults start to develop. And we can see faults much before they matter. So that's also important that there's an early diagnosis of something going wrong before it actually hurts you. So then we come into this uh, safety area as well.
0: Yeah, and I suppose that's the real thing. I mean, you, you, you've nailed it there, which is Tesla cars, for example. If you want an upgrade, you don't change the car. You, you, you tell them to put new software. And as our battery tech increases, I'm sure there'll be smart batteries that We'll be able to link in in your car or whatever, whatever device it's in, or we go. Actually, this part of the battery is not working. Let's use another part. Um, you talked about safety, and I think that's going to be one of the major things that I think is very interesting about this. Would you be able to detect if a battery might fail, uh, or would you think the the use of this commercially? What do you think it would be? Would it be basically in 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 a you know like an MOT for an electric car? Someone goes and goes well, Mr Bose, your battery's a bit low, this one's not great, we'll swap it out? Or would it be a warning that would say, hang on, this is about to fail, the car needs to do something? How do you envision it?
1: So I think it's important, actually, to have, to, there are no good standards today, as far as I'm aware, of uh, guaranteeing the safety of a battery. So when, of course, mm-hmm. if you have an electric vehicle, you, you do take it to the MOT, but they actually don't check the battery.
0: No, of course not. And there's no
1: standard of it. And there's, you know, we talk a lot about the state of charge of a battery and the state of health of a battery, which is, you know, how, how, how full or empty is the battery? Is it state of charge? The state of health? Is, is it an old one? Is it, is it a new one? And yeah. how long is it going to last? The third aspect that is really important is the state of safety of a battery, and we don't have standards on it. And I even talked to the Department of of Transport for a while and to all the scientists there, and they they said, no, we don't have anything. And we probably follow the European standards. Believe it or not, they still do that sometimes, follow something from Europe. But um, even there, it's not clearly defined. And part of the reason for that is that there's no good sensor technology to actually establish such a standard. So we envision that at a regular interval in the use of a battery, it's taken out of the car, or maybe it can happen inside the car, but the, the car is not running. And we deploy these sensor systems to actually run a predefined protocol of charging the battery in a specific way to a specific point, and then measuring what its behavior is once this specified cycle is, is over. Yes. And that will these patterns will then tell us something is, is not going to normal. We'll have some reference how this should look like, the gold standard that we will have to establish. And then any departure from that will be visible through these sensor systems. I can tell you one anecdote of something that we saw with, him, with a commercial battery. I can tell you it was a Nissan Leaf battery. Yes. And we, we put it in our quantum sensor system. One of the first experiments we ever did. And we got a picture and it, it exactly as you described before, it lit up somewhere on the pattern that we saw There was a red spot somewhere. We thought that's kind of interesting, but let's show it to some, some battery manufacturers. We showed it to them and it said, that's odd. We wouldn't have expected that. So no one knew what it was. And sure enough, three weeks later, there was a bit of the liquid, the electrolyte leaking out of the battery at particularly the spot where we had seen the bigger activity. Uh-huh. So weeks before something real happened, we had seen this in our sensor system and uh-huh. no one could explain it. So no one expected this. No one knew that this would be happening, but clearly there's a correlation between us measuring something that happened well before some sort of really dangerous thing occurred. So we think that this early detection of something might be wrong might have a really big role in the safety of, of running batteries and in, in vehicles.
0: Before we end, I mean, obviously, university people love research, right? They love it, okay? They live for it. And um, What we've been poor at, uh, not, not just here in this country, but I think globally, is getting the people that come up with these things to, to make them into things that we as everyday citizens can use. Do you feel excited by this project? Because all the things you've said show a real potential for it.
1: I can't speak for the for all researchers in the world, but it is true that um, of course we end up at universities because we're excited about research and we're trying, we always want to do new things and do them for the first time. But actually, for me, it's still doing something for the first time. If I turn the technology where the physics is, the way the sensors work, the physics we use is quite well known, but for me, it's an excuse to to develop this to to be able to talk to people who actually are engineers and turn sort of physics into something that, as you say, you have in your living room or in your car, in your garage, whatever. And um, and to or in the brain imaging that I talked about, I get to get to talk to neuroscientists. So it it just shifts where where I you know allow my myself to to let my curiosity still roam. So I think I can still fulfill this, this desire while I'm I'm working on the translational aspects of bringing research from the lab into real world use. And I think the motivation that comes with, maybe everyone is going to use my technology. The, the yeah. excitement that comes with that has also enormous power and it's okay. very motivating.
0: Of course, a Nobel prize on the way. Is that what we're looking for?
1: Well, the Nobel Prize for the new discovery. So I think we're looking for helping the world to be a slightly cleaner and a place where we can keep our planet as cool as it is currently for, for slightly longer. That's a bigger motivation, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I get it. And, and that's brilliant. And just finally, um, you said that there's some, some commercial trials are now started. So you're hopeful that this kind of technology will start to be rolled out. We might see it in the real world very soon
1: yeah i think we i mean if someone launches a product and tries to sell it i think that's a very good sign that this is happening and and you know we're 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 filing patents and things like that as well so i think it's it's sort of it's it's real and and i should add that in quantum technology people think of this is something for the future they often think of a quantum computer which might be might still be decades away from mm. from real world use here we're talking about something that works has been tested is basically in the shops, if you want. I mean, there's a commercial product that, that you don't find in the supermarket, but you can buy. And so I think this is something that's happening here and right now and has a role very quickly in our society. So that's important to know about quantum sensing in general, but this particular type of quantum sensing, especially.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's a brilliant story and congratulations to you and the team at Sussex University. And thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Uh, Professor Kruger there, and I I have to say to you, that is really, I think, one of the real bits of science that we're going to see much more of. You know, the the way batteries are built, how long they last, how we look after them, how we scan them, they're going to become a really important part of all our lives, because you'll have one, if you haven't got one now, you'll have one in your house So, uh, and in your offices. So that I think it's, it's it's great stuff. So uh, University of Sussex, if you want to check out Peter Kruger and his work there. Uh, before I go, a uh, quick mention of something that uh, we are really keen to go for. I said last week that this year should be a year of doing, not just promising. And so it's gonna be the same for us. So we are launching something called The Big Zero Show. It'll take place on the 21st of June in Coventry. Uh, We'll give you more details very soon, but basically it'll be a show where we actually do. We show you what you can do as a business person, as an organization, in terms of helping yourself getting on the net zero path. We'll have some great speakers, we'll have case studies, we'll have equipment and we'll have you there. So watch out on the social media channels, uh, readfuturenetzero.com for all the details, but put that date in the diary for yourselves, 21st of June. It's going to be a big event. We'd like you there. And so uh, we really hope to get that going and get you all taking your steps on a net zero journey. That's it for this week. Uh, Next week, we'll be exploring the world of hair, Yes. And as a man who's struggling with his hair, <laughs> it'll be one of very, very big interest to me. So, hair for next week. Until then, see you soon. You've been listening to the Net Hero podcast with Summit Bose from Future Net Zero. Visit our platform for all things Net Zero. And if you or your business is doing great things on the path to net zero and want to be featured on the podcast, email nethero at futurenetzero.com. Follow us on social media. FutureNetZero.com Better business, better planet.